Welcome to another edition of the Go Knows Podcast. I am your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not an insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me and my opinion. Other information comes from the internet. Um, <clears throat> the NIL situation, I think Alabama kind of told on themselves. I think with with what Nick Saban said, it kind of, it just kind of made people think like, why would high school players leave Southern California to come to Tuscaloosa, Alabama? And I, you know, I just sat back and I just thought about that thing for for a while, like, and, and, and the only conclusion is, is it has to be money. Okay, yeah, you want to go to a winning program. Yeah, you want that surefire ticket to the league. But it, it has to be, there has to be a kickback somewhere. You're, you're not going to leave Los Angeles to come to Alabama. You know, bright, sunny skies, no humidity, Everything at your disposal, L.A., to come to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, hot, humid, country, racist Alabama. I mean, you I, and like I said before, I don't have a problem with these um, athletes getting paid, man. These football players getting paid. I don't. My problem is the illusion that college football tries to put on that it doesn't happen. And we all know it does. Right? Um, I think initially when the whole uh, Ed O'Bannon thing went down, I was kind of upset from because it stopped the video game, um, the, the college football video game from, being get, from getting made. I was uh, very upset about that. But I I wasn't upset that he was fighting for name image name image likeness for future uh, athletes, and you know he won, man. You know it took what ten fifteen years for it to happen, but he got it. And um, you know I just whatever whatever somebody's willing to pay is what you're worth. So, um, I, you know, I think, um, when, when, when someone says, you know, we have to put guardrails up, you they're, they're pretty much saying we don't want a specific type of football player to get money because, and you know what that specific type of player is, so. Um, you know, I don't do the racial stuff unless it's very evident. And this is just, it just reeks of, you know, racism to me. 
Um, like I said, when Arch Manning, you know, figure out where he's going to go play football, I would love to see his NIL deal. And you know he's going to get one. There's no way he's not going to get one. He would be foolish not to get one. I, and I'm willing to bet my life that terms will not be disclosed. The Manning family will do everything possible to make sure that the terms of his NIL are not disclosed. And he will probably, he's definitely going to get the largest NIL deal for like a true freshman. And I'm predicting he might get the largest one forever just because of the namesake. And uh, I don't have a problem with it. Personally, I don't. My issue is, you know, when when a receiver is at a, a, a program and somebody else calls him up and say, hey, we'll give you a couple hundred thousand to come out here and play for us. The coach is up at arms. You know, he tampering, tampering. So what if he tamper with him? Y'all not going to pay him. Let that man get some money so he can do whatever he's going to do. Take care of his family. Whatever he's going to do. Um, so that's my NIL rant. Uh, Florida State stuff, man. We lost a running back, Williams. Um, I mean, we, we, we are kind of overloaded in the running back room. So I didn't think he would be the guy to go because I figured he was going to get... Some some plans, some serious playing time, but hey man, he gotta do what's best for him in his career. So salute to him. I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, I felt like he was gonna be our uh in between the tackles guy, but hey, it just wasn't in the works. Um so I think with I I read somewhere that we got at our we are at eighty two scholarships. I think you need to try to get some more offensive linemen in the portal, just to have some kind of competitive balance at that position. Um, I think currently they got seventeen, sixteen, seventeen offensive linemen. So. That's what I'm hoping for. I hope Julian Armella comes in and takes the world by storm. Because we definitely need somebody to do it. Um, um, I seen somewhere where somebody was breaking down the, the Duquesne game. Like, come on, man. I already told y'all. Basic defense, basic offense. If we can't dominate Duquesne, you know, they ought to just stop playing football at Florida State. So, LSU, I'm looking ahead to LSU already. So, if it's me, I think you just go over. If I'm prepping for Duquesne, I'm just going over basic stuff, fundamental defense, staying home, you know, but, you know, Duquesne are probably going to come out, probably come out there and try to throw the whole you know, kitchen sink at you. So, if there's not a game that we should 
just run over some people, it, it should be this game. So, I mean, we like 80-something days away, 83 days, 84 days away from kickoff. You know, I can't wait, man. You know? Um, you know, I was going to do a, like, a NBA type of comparison to Florida State, like, I don't like to go I don't like to go to State Warriors. Okay? I think they play great basketball. They're a great team. It's a great organization. But I've said it in the past. I don't I don't gra- gravitate towards the team that everybody likes. Like when I was coming up, it was the Lakers, the Redskins, um the Hurricanes. These were the teams in my neighborhood, and I went. I went opposite. I, I, you know what I'm saying, and that's just what I did. When, when I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, when we first got the Charlotte Hornets, everybody jumped on the bandwagon. I said, "No, I'm going with the Miami Heat." And that's you know, I just I don't. I've never considered myself the type of person that's just gonna jump on the bandwagon. Because everybody else does it. And I was so happy when Boston gave Golden State some humble pie uh, last week in that first game. So, you know, we can stop talking about legacy and MVPs. You got to go out there and win the games. And that's how I feel about Florida State. You know, let's stop talking about championships and all this stuff. You got to go out here and win games. Nobody's going to lay down because you're Florida State. Especially not now. Our program is a shadow of itself. I think one of the greatest arguments that you can have in sports is can a sport, whether it's NBA, MLB, NHL, whatever, college football, I think you can have a greatest player and a greatest champion. And this is my point. I think in the NBA, Michael Jordan is probably the greatest player. But Bill Russell is probably the greatest champion. All right? And in in, in the NFL you would say that Tom Brady is the greatest champion. And you could probably have a debate about who's the greatest player. I would go out on a limb and say the greatest player uh, in NFL history, in my opinion, is Jerry Rice. He's not the greatest champion. That's Tom Brady. But I would say Jerry Rice is the greatest player in NFL history. And it, arguably, you could have a debate over that in the NFL. Um, I really don't follow NHL. Um, I mean, Wayne Gretzky might be the greatest player and greatest champion. Um, Major League Baseball, I really don't follow it like I used to. Um I really couldn't 
I don't want to sound stupid by naming some guys in baseball. Um, but, and, you know, Florida State, we, we know Dion is the greatest player to ever come through, but we haven't won enough championships to say who's the greatest champion. We only got three by three different teams. I think, you know, if you really wanted to, you have to win multiple championships to me to be considered a great champion. And uh, I was just thinking about that. I, you know, in tennis, I mean, women's tennis, and really, I mean, I would put her up there in all of sports, Serena Williams, greatest player, greatest champion. And and she don't get, she doesn't get enough respect. It's just being one of the greatest, you know whatever you call it, sports figures in the history of sports. I put I put Serena up there, you know. Um, so it, I don't know why I was thinking about this, and I don't even know why I'm recording it on this podcast, but I just felt like I needed to express that point for some reason. Um I I saw a thing on the internet where they're breaking down the, these Duquesne Dukes or whatever their mascot is. I don't even know. Why are we breaking this team down, man? If we don't come out there and just dominate, you, you got to get Norvell out of there. If we struggle against them, I mean, the Jacksonville State loss is... <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say about that one. I mean, I think that's if you're if you're a Florida State fan, that's gonna that should live in your mind forever. Um, I mean, just based on that loss, I don't think you can take Duquesne lightly. I think you do have to prepare for them, but I don't think you have to draw up some kind of exotic scheme to beat them i mean and we beat ourselves i mean first of all (laughs) you you had mckenzie milton out there and again this ain't mckenzie milton from 2018 this is a shadow of his his former self i mean who's throwing his arm strength even at his best was limited he had to throw the football with body torque and when you have a quarterback that needs to put all of his body into his throws and you take away that element you're not going to have the same quarterback go and look at the tape at central florida tremendous talent when he had all the use of his extremities but when you took away the main thing that made his throws powerful, his legs, you got to see his real arm. So when you put him out there against Jacksonville State, limited. And that loss to me will just live in infamy. And I'm just hoping... I, like I said, I don't think you need to draw up anything exotic, offensively or defensively. 
but you should be able to go out and dominate this team and take them seriously without having to do some kind of over-the-top preparation. So, um, you know, we're like 80-something days away from kickoff. I can't wait. Um, I just hope that, you know, all the hard work that this staff has put in as far as recruiting pays off. Um, I don't want to see these guys fail. I mean, if you're a diehard Florida State fan, if you're if you wanting this staff to fail, you're wanting your team to fail. So, you know, as a true blue, true, not true blue, excuse me, true Garnet and Gold fan, you gotta you gotta hope and pray that they can you know pull this thing together, and you know we can have a, a decent season. Decent season to me is eight and four. No less than seven and five. Anything less than seven and five to me in year three for Mike Norvell. I give you the mulligan for 2020. Okay, 2021 was your first real season. You went five and seven. So now I need you to go seven and five. I'm asking you to win two more games. Shouldn't be that hard. I don't feel like Mike Norvell is going to be a national championship coach at Florida State. I think at best he's going to be like a 10 and 2 type of coach that's going to be like fringe national, I mean uh ACC championship type coach. And that's fine. Um cuz you know, college football is a different game financially than it was 9 10 years ago. And Florida State is notoriously cheap. Um, so um, that's that's how I feel. Now I hope I'm wrong. I I would love to see this guy go twelve and zero, get win the ACC championship, and get to the playoff. I would love to see it, but I just don't. I just don't think it's in the cards. I really don't think that – I don't think he's going to be able to recruit like Jimbo recruited. You know, Jimbo was top five pretty much every year he was at Florida State. And I think you get recruits to come to Florida State by winning games. And – you know, I, he's got to win eight, nine games this year to to, it, to really get the re- kind of guys that we want. Because Florida State has the tradition. We just, we're not consistent. We haven't been consistent in the 2000s. We haven't been consistent in the 2010s. We haven't been consistent in the 2020s. So, um we just got a long road to go to get back to, uh, you know, the heyday of the 90s. I, I don't think we can ever get back to that, you know, because to get to have that type of consistency, you need big money. You know, that's Alabama. That's Clemson. That's Ohio State. You know, 
the, the programs that's there in contention year in and year out, Oklahoma. And I think Texas A&M is in short order is going to join that crowd, man, because they they have invested heavily, <laughs> heavily in, in football. And, you know, Florida State just doesn't have that kind of money to compete. But that doesn't mean that you can't still be a very good football program. Um, like I said, 10 and 2. French ACC championship. I, I would be happy with that right now. I, I would be extremely ecstatic if we could go 10 and 2 one year and be, you know, outskirts ACC title contention. I mean, from where we've been since 2016, 17 until now, I mean, who wouldn't love that? I mean, it was people getting upset <laughs> when we were winning 10 games, which, you know, 10 years ago. So, um, you know, it is what it is. So that's the end of this podcast. Thank you for listening. I appreciate the, the support. Available on YouTube, available on all podcast platforms. As always, go nose.